This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Missing Link. Bigfoot. So we say... We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 359, 359. 359, we're gearing up for Avengers. Yeah, that'll be lucky number... Actually... 363? Three... No, that's two weeks from now, Brosif. It'll be 361. 361. Well, it won't be a palindrome, but it'd be an odd number. Yeah, you know, that's that's Quick cool. math. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that quick math you need to do to determine 361 <laughs> is an odd number. <laughs> uh, good thing you got the, the abacus out for that one. Yeah, the question is, is it a prime number? Probably not. 361? Pretty sure it's not. <laughs> I feel like a 12 goes into it somewhere. If it's a 1, it has to, so it could be divisible by 3 and 12, I guess, by that Three. We can add it. No, just add it up, right? Three six, adds up to ten. Hmm. Mm. I hear that our, our our listeners are super on the edge of their seat right no, now. No, they want to know. They want to know if three six one is prime. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I googled it. It's a prime number. Um, there you go. <laughs> that was what I was delaying for. Um, Joe, what are we talking about this week in this, episode, in this intro that's going to be heavily the, edited? Podcast. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> we're talking The Missing Link this week, uh, the newest film from Leica, and since very few people saw it this weekend, uh, we're also going to be talking a Star Wars trailer, right? Yeah, th- ratings, they're back up, <laughs> Star Wars, right? That Everyone's happy again. Um, but yeah, uh, joining us today to, to discuss The Missing Link and more, we have from Nerd Reactor, he's making travel arrangements to visit Shangri-La, it's Mark Pesis. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I just really wanted to say, just shout out there. It's a prime number. It's a prime number. <laughs> By the way, fresh blood, new guest. Yeah, new guest on the show. It's good to have new guests here. So, yeah, Mark, welcome to Out Now. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's go over some show notes real quick. First up, we have a new commentary track. Speaking of Avengers, uh, it is for Marvel's The Avengers, the 2012 Avengers film. Uh, I recorded that with friends of the show, Brandon Peters and Scott Mendelson. A lot of fun. That's up on iTunes now. If you want to uh, listen to two and a half hours of us talking about the Avengers movie and more, that's all out there. That's going to help you get ready for Endgame. <laughs> be there or be Endgame. Be round. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, We'll work on that slogan. Obliterated. Yeah. Uh, what else? We have a new Instagram page. Do. Yeah. It is exactly the same as our Twitter page. So it is Instagram dot com slash out now underscore podcast what are we going to use it for no idea as of yet we've got some random pictures up we'll see what happens with it the but, great uh, news is that aaron travels to many more conventions and also movie premieres than i do so you know you'll see uh, you'll see faces in the crowd yeah yeah we'll, we'll see um <laughs> but yeah that's up there now that's fun started that one there we go <laughs> uh let's see what like else it. Follow it. Yeah, follow it. Yeah, do all that. Yeah, call of of action. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Summer Gamble is coming. That's uh, that's next week's episode. But yeah, we are going to be, as usual, uh, having ourselves and many regular guests of the show predicting what we think are going to be the biggest grossing films of the summer. And yeah, that's that's fun. That's going to be fun. 
And if any listeners want to participate, yeah, pick ten films and three dark horses and send them our way. Um, you know, you can get on the uh, the, uh, the the write-in you know listener list uh, to see if you win a separate prize from the rest of us, which is of course the bloodiest match of the year. And um, you ready for it? I don't know about you, but I have a feeling I know what's going to be number one on that list. Yeah, but what's going to be number ten? That's the real. Well, prize. I mean, I don't know, Mark. I mean, number one for me is obviously Angry Birds Part Two. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're not taking these dark horses into account here, buddy. Oh no, that's what I was talking about. That was my <laughs> number one pick of the summer. What? Are, what did you think I was talking about? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Well, now we'll find out. The soon. Child's Play yeah. remake is what I'm picking. I don't oh yeah, <laughs> it's got all the right ingredients. Totally. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're talking about Missing Link today. Um, I'll just throw this out there. Um, I was I was a guest on the Lambcast today, hosted by a friend of the show, Jay Cluett. Uh, so we, we talked about all of the the entire Leica uh, studio, uh, their, all of their releases so far. Well, that's a, a great, that sounds like a great podcast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do, and that's uh, probably about the, sometime around the same time this recording is coming out. You can find the Lambcast. It's always a fun show. Good bunch of people over there. Um, so, yeah. And I think that's it. Well, iTunes reviews and ratings, of course. If you want to find more of our shows, either if they're commentary tracks or just random stuff about math, you can do all of that over at, uh, at, uh, at uh, on iTunes. Search for our show out there and give us a rating and review. That'd be great. If you actually gave us a math equation on there, Aaron and I would try our darndest to try and solve it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No um, internet help. Yeah, no, we, no I, I only enlist help from St- uh, Stellan Skarsgård and people that wear scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Math is very sexual. <laughs> that was my Stellan Skarsgård Goodwill Hunting impersonation. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was pretty yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's a Facebook called Stellan Skarsgård Sells Scars for Guards. Mm, probably run by his son Bill. I came up with that on. I just had. To, I was thinking of that the as, I was, as I was saying it. I was trying to think of how that would go. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that nonsense. Let's move on. Let's get to. Let's get to some know everybody. Where each week, Abe and I ask each other. Everyone, I said that completely wrong. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get to know everybody. We're each looking out now. We, we ask each other. I said that wrong again. What am I doing? I don't know. It, it, case of the yips? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> let's do some know everybody. We each try, try ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know no, everybody. everybody. That was better. That was that was great. Use take three. We're keeping that all in. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Yes. What mysterious creature would you want to meet? That's a great question. I've always uh, tried to. Uh, I've always been fascinated by the Loch Ness monster. I was happy to see it make an appearance in in uh, Missing Link, but for whatever reason, I always been drawn to it. Probably because I loved dinosaurs as a kid, and I was like, well, this is the closest living thing that resembles a dinosaur, uh, and I. Uh, it's just been one of my fascinations. Have I ever been there? No, not really. But, um, you know, I like to think that something's under the lock. Two two things. <laughs> One. Yeah. <laughs> the, the closest thing to a dinosaur is... Is a you, dinosaur? Is to you a mythological creature. <laughs> you don't know! Nobody knows! And my Have response to that it? is, a rhinoceros is basically a dinosaur. Like, that's what and, I look at. And, and a crocodile or an alligator. Or birds. Or birds, yeah. <laughs> But I'm, like talking about, I'm talking about to the closest thing to the drawings that I had as a six-year-old. <laughs> I mean, lizards. Are there, right? No, those guys are too small. Dinosaurs are way bigger. Come on, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have anything, Mark? Uh, okay. Now, are we talking about cinematic? Or are we talking about anything, you know anything? Anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just because of 
today is Game of Thrones premiere day, I always wanted to check out like a real life dire wolf. I know there's like actual wolves out there, mm-hmm. but actual dire wolves are like big giant dogs. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, man, I just really want to own one as a pet, just like the Starks, without yeah. all the death and destruction. That comes with it. <laughs> yeah. So can I ask you guys a question as somebody who doesn't watch Game of Thrones? Uh, no, not because on. I haven't and, tried. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, not because I haven't tried, but more just because like I, I just never never gotten around to it. Does it die? What kind of what kind of magical powers does a direwolf possess? It's not really. And, magic. and how large is large? It's not really magic so much as it's just a big wolf. Uh, yeah. It, it's just yeah. You know, like giants aren't magic; they're just really big. Uh-huh. Uh, it's that kind of logic. As far as how big they are, pretty big. <laughs> pretty pretty big yeah think, like um you remember how big how big beethoven was yeah around yes. that big it's it's yeah. as big as like how squids second week in a row reference of squids references uh the beast in sandlot oh uh-huh. wow that's a big dog then <laughs> yeah it, it's like it, that's like the size it seems like his his storytelling version of of the beast in wait sandlot. wait what did, what did you call him squints Okay, squints. I thought you said squids. I thought no, you squids. Said Sorry, squids. Squids by the doors. Yeah, squints. Yeah. Married to Wendy Peppercorn. They have like six or seven kids. I was just thinking about creatures. That's all. Squids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a great. That's a great uh, analogy. I mean, yeah. that's quite a big dog. So yeah, yeah. big. And it just hangs out with the families. It's complicated. Like they, don't, they don't live very, in their little lair kind of thing. I mean, well, they're not like Hank. They're not like you know. They're not sleeping on the bed at night. They have their own like area, <laughs> and yeah, the they you meet more than are still around. We'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Abe, you got a question for us? I've got a question for you guys. So, in Missing Link, you know, our our good friend, um, Mr. Link. Hugh Jackman, who plays oh. uh, Sir Lionel, Frost, he carries around a cane to every adventure that he goes. And so uh, Indiana Jones carries around a whip and sometimes a gun. So what is something that you carry around, and his hat, I should say, uh, but what's something that you'd always carry around when you're going on adventures? Um, oh, the My practical cell answer. Phone? Cell phone. <laughs> cell phone? <laughs> yeah. That means that you'd have to also carry a charger. <laughs> that's it's, a, it's, a, it's a solar-powered cell phone. In this oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh, good right there. Take that, Abe. <laughs> a, uh, a water bottle. Okay. Stay hydrated. Oh man, you are. Who's how you explore if you're not staying hydrated? That's what it. I it also could. Is it also like you know one of those like uh, brushed aluminum ones? So you could also use it as like a a mirror when you're hiding away from the enemies. No, it's it's a one. It's one that has like it's like an Adventure Time themed water bottle where it has <laughs> the, like one of the characters makes up like the top of it and then there's like a sticker of the other one like on the side of it. I would buy this because I love Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> a 10 minute episode you got me man yeah it's it, but it you know it keeps your drinks cold i'll tell you that much right now this is a great this is the best thing when you're especially when you're uh trying to you know check out things in the desert i'm just saying i've watched raiders a number of times and every time I'm like well yeah you never have Malina, enough water Al, well yeah every every time like alfred molina's standing there and he's like yeah dude wants to get like he wants to get paid but he's also he's just you know he's just dying of thirst well, give him the idol first, and then he'll give you the rope. Yeah, but like if he was just if he if he whip. was properly nourished before going into that cave, maybe he'd be on the better side of things. Maybe oh, so grumpy. he needed a, he needed a Snickers bar. He needed a Snickers bar and some water. That's what I'm saying. It's not really himself unless he's got a Snickers. Well, think about it. he just went like his best friend just got like shot at by Indy because he like tried to like shoot him from in the barb in the back or whatever, stab him in the back, and then he's yeah. getting inside. and Now there's a bunch of tarantulas on his back. Dude's gr- you know 
<laughs> not only that, but I mean, like, you know, he's seeing, like, horrific things, like he's, skeletons being impaled. He's seen the very out. primitive trap of using sunlight to launch spears at you, my favorite of the traps, because how does that work? Uh, but... I mean, quite honestly, somebody's got to go and reset those traps every day, right? <laughs> I mean, it seems like they haven't been used in a while, but, you know, <laughs> and they're not going to be used again after that boulder, am I right? But, uh, yeah, they destroyed everything. <laughs> See, that's anyway. why it's a one-time use thing. The mm-hmm. border, yeah, that's true. the one time use. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, and your cell phone, you can throw it at somebody in case you uh, need to run away. No, I can just call for help. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you just call <laughs> the phone. All, so pra- all just, these practical answers. <laughs> yeah, you just call You just call up on the phone and go, and then they're, you know, you got, they're coming right at you. Yeah. See? What was that professor's name? Who, Belloc? Belloc, yeah. Oh, that I guy. Knew you the way that I knew you, Belloc. Paul, uh, Paul Freeman? I think he passed away recently. Well, um, R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in peace. Anyway, yeah. that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. That was good. That was a lively one. It's good close. Let's get out. Let's get out of cookies. Jim. Each weekend out now we have one week with other weekly cookies. That's trademarked. I mean, Mark did not understand any of that, and he's the first time guest. Do you want to explain that really quickly? No, I don't. Abe, okay. what else have you seen recently? <laughs> I had the pleasure uh, of watching Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I finally <laughs> caught up with it because it had been on my radar, and I'd, I'd skipped it during award season and when it came out. And then my buddy also invited me to go rewatch it over like a Dolby Cinema, and I was like, "Oh, I can't. I've got to go do work." Um, so I finally got able. I was finally able to take a look at it. And um, yeah, man, like it's um, it's entertaining for sure. I think that's one of the positives about it. However, if you take out all the songs, which are the entertaining parts, the things you've heard good many movie. times before already. What's that? The things that you've heard many times before already. Yeah. So a lot of the critics are are right, and I, I agree with them that it's not a very good story. It's it's very um, it's very shallow in its in its. Uh, understanding of freddie mercury and what's unfortunate is that like there's no like where where was like the the issues like what where were the problems where were like you know where, like what what demons was he fighting you know like and every song is a hit like you know you see you see them practicing they're gonna get into a fight and all of a sudden they, they start like the bass player plays like one a, a, a chord and like that's a great song we should record it and let's stop fighting about things that uh, are ruining my life like drugs and alcohol and That's partying how music gets made apparently <laughs> the other thing that I really loved is that um, uh, I don't know if you guys know this but Brian was an astrophysicist and Roger was a dentist they may have mentioned this a few times and then I don't even know the third guy's name or the fourth member of the band because they mentioned his name like twice, and I d- I don't really pay attention to the band as much. I just call so him I... Uh, Timmy from Jurassic Park. That's all. Yeah. Is that Timmy? Yeah, it's Timmy. Yes. What? Yep. Ciao, bro. <laughs> Mind <My>. blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth right there. Joey, so Timmy? Joey, Joey Mazzello. Yeah. Oh man, good job, Timmy. <laughs> Made it from that fence into a band. But, See, but the thing is, is that once you know that, you just cannot unsee it. Now I'm never going to be able to unsee it, because I thought it was like some British guy that I don't really see a lot, but now it's an American actor. So, <laughs> the, the guy who played, uh, I forget what other movie he followed up with, where he's like that superhero. But, in any case, Bohemian Rhapsody, again, minus all the songs, and, and the songs are very entertaining, because Queen is a great band. Um, there's just not a whole lot, and it's unfortunate, because... First of all, I started getting angry about like the Academy Awards that I had won for like best editing, and <laughs> and then like I, I was like I I get how Rami Malek might have pulled it off because yes he's physically portraying Freddie Mercury right, um, but they didn't really didn't give him a lot of lines because I thought about 
do you guys remember both of you guys remember when they cut to Freddie Mercury or I'm sorry, Rami Malek's clip for best actor and they, they had him lip syncing. And I was trying to think about a, a scene in the movie in which maybe they could have used this. And I thought of a few of them, but then all of them, they intercut like with somebody else's expression, like before you get to a really deep part of, of uh, what Rami Malek has to say. Well, that's the best a, editing right there. Yeah, I know. That's best editing. Exactly. It's like, no wonder they can't use any of this stuff because he's got some, he's got like at least like two like inner inter dialogue parts where he's getting serious. And I was like, these would have been much better. But and unfortunately, they cut to like an expression of Brian or something like that. And I was like, this is, what is this? I mean, I give him a little more credit as far as, I mean, I don't, yeah, I you know my thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody, sure. and I, I think Malik is fine, but I do think, like, yes, he does act the movie. Like, he, he's, sure, making, yeah. he is, he's yeah. putting the effort there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, like, his physicality in the movie is is there. Uh, so it's entertaining, but ultimately, like, again, when you take everything out of it, it's, it's just not very good. Um, and it's unfortunate because uh, it could have just been the last... It, it literally could have just been, like, the breakup of Queen to Live Aid, and that would have been a solid movie. Yeah, except Queen never broke up. Anyway, um... yeah. exactly. all the stuff that you guys talked about on the, the reporting, I didn't know about. And I was like, yeah, I guess that uh, they took a lot of a uh, uh, lot of uh, free turns here. Yeah, well, it crossed nine hundred million dollars this weekend at the box office. So. Good job. Uh, and it just got released in Japan. So it, it had to hit that extra milestone. Um, yeah, that, that movie's still out there. Uh, Mark. And why do they have to cut back to Mike Myers at the end? <laughs> that's like 20 years and then they cut back to him as if like he remembers he's you know he's in it <laughs> <laughs> but you see what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i you know anyway. it's certainly a movie that was filmed um, <laughs> mark what other movies have you seen recently uh i've seen two movies actually one is called uh Hail Satan, which is a documentary about Satanists. And um, the other one is Tolkien, which, and both I actually really enjoyed. Um, Hail Satan is, is kind of like an eye opening kind of documentary because, you know, th- throughout my life, I kind of thought that Satanists were like these devil worshiping kind of like hedonist that you know sacrifices babies and all that but what they really are are pretty much trolls they're like the ultimate trolls (laughs) so what they kind of try to establish in this movie is that satanists they don't really believe in the devil they just try to they just say that to try and you know stir people's you know emotions and they try to like um kind of attack the kind of um uh uprising no it's like kind of you know attack the uprising of religious beliefs in our government Mm -hmm. when it should be like the separation of church and state so that's why whenever you know government officials try to put up the ten commandments on like a government property they are trying to um, get a statue of Baphomet, which is like a, you know, a symbol of the devil, you know, erected alongside it because they feel like um, religious beliefs should be open to all, not just for Christianity. 
And when they take down, you know, the religious um, statue, then they take back their um, motion to put up a statue of Baphomet. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an eye-opening experience because, Mm. you know, it kind of turns my, what I originally believed about Satanists into something that's like, where I think of them as kind of like the heroes now. They're logic police. Yeah. And they're, and they have their own, um, like, Ten Commandments, but they call it their, like, but it's only seven. And each uh, one of those seven rules are really, like, moral. Like, you can kind of, like, take those, uh, like, seven rules and put it into your own life and live like a good person. Mm. So it's... It's it's a really eye-opening uh, documentary, but um, yeah. To- and going on to Tolkien now, yeah. Tolkien is a fantastic biopic. Um, it's not like you know Bohemian Rhapsody, where it focuses on one part of like the whole life of um, Freddie Mercury. Right. It takes part of Tolkien's life and kind of intertwines it so you have more of a focused story along with it but the best part of it is it really puts the light the kind of friendship and friend the kind of friends that tolkien had which Mm -hmm. is the sole basis of the four hobbits and the lord of the rings like their chemistry and friendship is like the best thing about that movie like you want them to like stay friends forever but you know, some things happen, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that trailer a, does look very good. The old Nicholas Nick, Nicholas Holt is yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien in this one. Yeah. Well, great. Great. I always want to hear about a good biopic, let alone one that does what Abe and I do tend to prefer, which is kind of taking a slice of somebody's life as opposed to making it about the whole damn thing. Uh, <laughs> it just tends to play Did you know that he's a songwriter? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen a few things that I want to talk about. Um, first up, Hellboy. Did anyone else see Hellboy? I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, I wanted to, but yeah, I kind of just decided to pass on that. <laughs> this, uh, this movie is awful. Um, it is... Th- it is the worst superhero movie I've seen since Suicide Squad. Um, it the kind there's of there's been a lot of movies in between. Yeah, the <laughs> the the dip between this and Hellboy two is sharper than anything I can think of offhand as far as the kind of what's taking place between from one entry to another. It's so dispiriting, and I say that not as a, like a comparison point to Guillermo del Toro's films, which I am a fan of, but I'm you know it's not hard for me to kind of walk away from one version of a franchise to another. And just kind of accept it for what it is. That's not, you know, that's not the realm I'm going into. Obviously, that's always going to play an aspect in anybody's mind as far as, you know, having certain information with you and trying to go on to another thing. But, I mean, I tried to watch this for what it was. And what it is is just not very good at all. I like Neil Marshall as a director. Uh, I think he's very capable. Um, I think The Descent is one of the better horror films of the past couple decades. Um, Doomsday has fun stuff going on, and he has a couple Game of Thrones episodes, speaking of which, which are Mm. excellent as far as their action. But the action here, 
along with pretty much everything else, is so poorly handled and botched. It's not surprising that I read about all these behind-the-scenes problems that the film had, because it shows on screen. Um, That's about right. It's not a very good-looking movie. Um, it is lower budget. You mean dark? Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> like, there are makeup designs for creatures and things that work, but there are visual effects designs that are just kind of ugly and not well-placed. Uh, David Harbour oh, as Hellboy is fine. Um, it's just him and the rest of the actors, they're like doing their job, but it just feels like everything about it is going through the motions in terms of like the story they want to present. Um, the chemistry between everyone is ranges between yelling and arguing. Um, <laughs> Ian McShane is having fun as a version of Ian McShane, but that's pretty much the end of it. As far as fun goes, it's a, it's a disaster of a movie. It's just, what it's are not... the saving graces of it? Ian McShane, um, okay. is, the kind like the kind of like I see what they're trying to do as far as they want to make like here's an R-rated version of Hellboy um, that's sure. very violent and very gory. Mike Mignola's comics aren't necessarily incredibly gory. That's not really their focus, but I mean there is an edge to them. But that's like the way to distinguish this from Hellboy from Guillermo del Toro's versions because his are dark fantasies essentially. Sure. This is this is more of like a grindhouse action movie, except it doesn't have any fun with that. You get some of that with again Ian McShane and some of the ideas they're putting on. It's just the execution is awful. Like the the, the way of handling this is just not exciting. It's just it, it falls flat at like every turn. There's you can tell there's a lot of ADR for jokes that. And even, and even then, maybe ever jokes. And even then, the jokes aren't funny. It's like so you recorded these after the fact, and these were the best things that you came up with. Like it's just, it's horrendous. It's uh, I, that's I imagine, uh, I, I like I imagine there's like a teenage audience that this will be some of their favorite movies. I just look forward to them discovering better movies. So. Do you know what the what its production budget was? It's like around fifty, I believe. That's not it's not no, but I mean it's still it's lower than average for a superhero movie for sure. Sure. Um, and it yeah. made twelve million this weekend, so Well, that's the, the, not a lot. No, it's not. It's not it's gonna do terrible domestically. It might break out overseas to an extent, but certainly not to any kind of high degree. And so the thing I questioned here is what was the point? Well, I mean, we, we talked about yeah. this with the trailer when exactly. we talked, and it was like, Well, what was the what was the draw here? You have a franchise two entries in that neither of them did all that well. Um, and so your thought was, let's ditch the things that at least connect it and just restart over again as if people are suddenly going to be interested in a Hellboy movie, let alone one that's two hours and R-rated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, it, the questions of just who's asking for this and also um, was it just one of the things where they wanted to keep the property so they had to remake it? Well, it's a, it's uh, a new studio, so no, that's not yeah. the issue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so nobody was asking for this and nobody wanted to remake it. Uh, question for you: Is it so bad that it's good? At least no, it's not. It, uh, there's oh. a, no, there, there, I'd be, I'd be oh. happy. I would be, I, I would be happy to celebrate this film for its badness if it was worth celebrating. Like if there's yeah. a version of this where it's like, look how much fun it is, looking how terrible this movie is, or whatever you want to call it, that, that I can get behind that. I can get behind right. a film that has like ambition, it doesn't quite live up to it, or it's, tr it's going for a very specific tone and it might not be quote unquote good, but at least it's enjoyable. This isn't sure. enjoyable. It's just bad. <laughs> it's just, That's unfortunate. Like yeah. aside from like moments in a, again, a two hour movie, it just, it's like, cause I, I think one of the things that can really save, you know, movies that, that aren't really uh, great as a whole is that if everyone's giving it their all, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, aside from just Ian McShane, if everyone's just like killing it, the way that I think about, um, uh, Man, the FP, 
Where it's like, that's not a great movie at all, but everybody in that movie is believing that it's like the best movie. Mark, and you're so really at, adds a confirming lot to that it. you aware you're aware of the FP, which we are big fans of. Yeah, right. you laughed at it. So I was like, wow. <laughs> like my, uh, you know, the FP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was, you know, yeah. Right. And then the other example that I have where it's like it's so bad it's good is like the remake of Point Break, where it's like, this is a terrible movie, but it's so bad that I'm laughing and having a great time despite people leaving the theater and i was like no you guys stay there's some stay. things yeah but uh anyway i don't want to keep going on hellboy i got more to talk about. it's it's not good um i will mention another superhero movie that is quite good um mm-hmm. perhaps the best superhero movie i've seen this month how dare you tease me with this uh <laughs> even I, I think though I know it's it, uh, we still got a week till Endgame comes out so i mean uh, you know things are geared up to change but i saw a movie called fast color that's um, not what I, thought, what I thought you were talking about. What were you thinking of? <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Shazam, to be I mean, honest. We talked about, about it. We talked about it last week, and I like Shazam quite a bit. Uh, yeah. but this movie is quite good. Uh, it's directed and written by Julia Hart. It stars mm-hmm. Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Lorraine Toussaint, uh, David Strathairn. Uh, it is... Uh, it is a it is about a woman on the run because she has some superhuman abilities. Um, it's a low budget film. Uh, it has good actors in it, uh, and it feels like the kind of movie where, and I say this even after the fact that Black Panther has come out and delivered what I'm about to say, but like it feels like the kind of movie where there aren't many like black female superhero out there. So it's like, all right, we'll just make our own, and that's what happens. Where you have a movie about like a family that all have superpowers that all happen to be black women and it gives them a storyline to follow through and like it take it it tells this kind of emotional journey about what it is to have these powers and whether or not to keep them secret and what it means it's set in a somewhat futuristic society uh, in terms of like the world's kind of gone to shit water is the most precious commodity but it's not like super stylized it's just more of like you know thing think things are a little more desperate than they they were already um, but it's really well done. Um, it gave me Midnight Special vibes. Um, oh, kind of yeah, yeah, I was kind. going to ask if it because it sounds very much like Midnight Special. Yeah, it's certainly like it's you know it's done on a low budget, but it has this kind of it has a neat kind of atmosphere to it and everything. Yeah. And I think it, it for a movie called Fast Color, it does have great cinematography. It makes very good use of the light that's available and how we see certain powers realized and whatnot. I, I, I was into this movie a lot. I thought yeah. it was quite cool. I remember, I remember watching this trailer um, like a month back or so. And I was thinking like, Oh, it's such a boring trailer. And then it gets to the midway point. And I was like, Whoa, this is not what I was expecting. And then it gets really interesting. So I was glad to hear that uh, you've enjoyed it. Cause the trailer got me hooked. I mean, it, yeah. it's um, again, like I like the way that they have, an inverse of powers, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and the mother and the daughter. And again, like what you're saying, it's not just them. It feels like there's a whole entire world of people who have powers here. So it, it, it opens will... up some ideas. Like this is the kind of movie where I, as far as like how it writes the characters and what it presents that I wish glass did better. Like as far Interesting. as being this kind of low key superhero movie, I think it, yeah. uh, it works effectively. It's a little movie I want to champion. Cause I think it's <laughs> and, and who doesn't like David Strathairn? Oh yeah. He's great. Of course. His voice uh-huh. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, a uh, couple others. Um, okay, I'll just do two more. Uh, one is Native Son. Uh, this is a movie that was at Sundance. It has Ashton Sanders, who was in Moonlight. Um, it was on HBO. Uh, it's on HBO like now, streaming. Uh, it's it's set in Chicago. 
Ashton, it's based off a story, an old story, and it kind of recontextualizes it to today's times. But Ashton Saffron, he plays a a guy who gets hired on as a valet for a wealthy white family, and it becomes a culture clash, turning into a thriller eventually. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly pretty good. It just it gets to a very specific point where it has to kind of you have to understand, you have to kind of take a story development and go with it. But then the, I think the film doesn't quite nail how it takes it going forward from that. That's the best I can say without giving things away. But I do think mm. there's it's for a movie that you can stream on HBO. If you have HBO, I think it's worth the time because I do okay. think it's well acted. Uh, the last it. thing I'll mention: the man who killed Don Quixote. This is the Terry Gilliam film that he's been trying to make for 25 years, and he's finally made it. Uh-huh. Um, it's his movie about Don Quixote from a kind of a different angle. He originally wanted to do it um, back in like the 90s. He tried to do it with Johnny Depp and a French actor who was—it's like Jean Rochefort, I believe—but he's passed away since then. Regardless, mm-hmm. there's a great documentary about how he failed to make that movie called Lost of La Mancha that is quite good. Um, and very frustrating because you're watching him like literally making this movie and like funding falls out. The actor gets sick, like all these bad things happen yeah. regardless. Now he's finally made this movie. So it's kind of a miracle. This movie actually exists. <laughs> and the results I think are quite strong. I think it's one of the better Terry Gilliam films. Uh, it stars Adam driver and Jonathan price. Uh, it's my Adam driver plays like a, he plays a, a film director, like a director. It's set in like modern day. He plays a director who like 10 years ago, he made a student film, that starred Jonathan Price um, as as Don Quixote. He, mm-hmm. he, it's set in like a Spanish village. Price is like he's, he's playing a Spanish man. Um, uh. And so ten years later, he rediscovers the village that he filmed that movie in, and he discovers that Jonathan Price's character he now believes him to be actually Don Quixote. Um, and 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 Price as Quixote believes Adam Driver to be Sancho Panza, his sidekick. Uh. And so it becomes this weird buddy road picture of sorts as they go on an adventure together through various for various reasons and reality starts to bend around the two of them as adam driver kind of gets caught up in what's going on in price's head i think it's quite clever i think it takes a little bit to get going it's too long but i do think the performance is strong i think gilliam's doing a lot of interesting stuff here and the story itself i think is just pretty neat like i think i think it does it for a movie that i've waited a long time to see if it actually happened I, yeah. I think it's very successful in being an effective Gilliam film. Um, I, I think the closest one you can relate it to is uh, the Fisher King, obviously. Uh, on, obviously, honestly, uh, there's if, if like the Fisher King was a Spanish adventure movie, that's what this would be. Um, and it looks great as far like you get all these. It's if you're, if you're a low budget movie, you have all these great Spanish locations they go to, and it just it's a great looking movie. But, uh, Glad to hear. So yeah, and you saw this in theaters, or, or yeah, uh... they had a one night only Fathom event for it to screen. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to you know, be able to be screened again, but I was happy to see it on a big screen. <laughs> so I'm sure it will be out eventually to you know, to stream or watch or whatever. But I, you know, I wanted to see it because <laughs> I've certainly known about this movie for a long time. So, right. Yeah. So, I'm kind of sad I missed out on that. That sounds actually pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's... it was neat for sure. Driver's really good. Like, it's amazing how many different directors he's worked with. Like, auteurs. well, the question is, when is he not good? Yeah, really, I don't, I don't have an answer to that question, honestly. But like, it's neat how he's able to. I was talking about this with my lovely girlfriend. Uh, how he's able to use his quirks and somehow dial them up or down depending on the quirky directors he works with. Like with Jarmusch, he dials them way down for Patterson, and it works really well. 
with like the Coens and inside Lewin Davis, he dials them up to the right degree. Like he just seems to like know how to adapt. It's really right. interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite actors. That uh, I don't know if he's up and coming. I think he's just here now. No, he's just here now. He yeah, does, he's so in so I many things, and he's, he's just... one of my favorite actors uh, of this new crop, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I know we all hate like you know white male actors these days, but he's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> I thought that was just the motto of the times. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, but yeah, that's out of quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. Where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And guys, there is a new Star Wars movie. I'm not sure if you've heard <laughs> of it, but there is one. It is called Star Wars colon, The Rise of Skywalker. Oof. So we have a title now of this movie. Guaranteed to fuel speculation for many, many months. Um, but with all that said, this is the new J.J. Abrams directed Star Wars film. It is the concluding chapter of both this trilogy and the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah, stars all your favorites. You know, BB 8, C3PO, <laughs> Adam Driver, Boyega, Ridley, Oscar Isaac. All, all of them. All of them are in there. Junus Suatamo, who plays Chewbacca. I like saying that name. That's a fun name, because it sounds like a Star Wars character already. Junus uh, Suatamo! Yeah, I was like that. I think that sounds like a guy on uh, Tatooine. He seems like the friendliest guy. I watched this whole panel with him, and he just seems like... he's, 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 he's how, how tall is he? He's tall. Yeah, he's taller than a dire wolf, I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> um, Mark, let's start with you. What'd you think of the trailer for uh, The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, well, the first thing I thought of was... Why doesn't that TIE fighter just shoot at Rey? He's just he's just trying to run her over and not shoot at her. So, of course, she's just going to jump over and then use the lightsaber and attack it. And then after all that aside, once it starts getting to the nitty-gritty, I was just like a kid again. Like, oh, my God, this is like a Star Wars movie. Disney knows how to make trailers. They just they have all that money and knows how to make a kick-ass trailer and you know seeing you know the main three together on an adventure for i think for the first time i think yeah like yeah. all of them assembled for an adventure yeah yeah uh it's great oh seeing lando in the millennium falcon that <laughs> that got me that was awesome i i had a i had a geeky moment i just like I saw that him screaming as the Millennium Falcon was going uh, into hyperspace. I was just like, man, this is this is why I love being a nerd, because this is what I live for. And then when he gets up to the Emperor's laugh, I just thought, is that Snoke laughing? And then the more I hear it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's the Emperor. Wait a minute. How the Emperor? How is the Emperor going to come back? I thought he died. He got thrown over at the end of the return of the jedi he blew up and then that star blew up so i mean how is he gonna come back for this one and then you know being like a nerd that i am i'm thinking you know oh my god is he gonna be like a force ghost is he gonna be you know is he a, is snoke a clone is is he a clone or what i'm like Okay, well, all right, gotta, I gotta analyze all this. And then when it said the rise of Skywalker, I'm just like, all right, well, I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> all the Skywalkers are dead, so does that mean that Kylo Ren is gonna? He's got be, Skywalker blood. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's the last one left. Unless they somehow reveal that Ray is like part Skywalker or something. I don't know. Or, you know, maybe maybe Luke's back from the dead, you know, Rise of Skywalker. He's in the movie. Yeah. Force yeah. <laughs> goes in it. He does say in the trailer, we are always with you right before. Well, I think it's right before he says, uh, before we hear the Emperor laugh. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, as as a geek, this is this is pretty much what I think of the entire time. Just analyze the heck out of that trailer. <laughs> I was like, Mark, you've really analyzed this. Like, you you seemingly gone like almost frame by frame to take a look at this. Oh, yeah, we got a <laughs> so, blow by blow. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh thanks, that's 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 one of my specials. What can I say? I like it. Hey, where are you at? I like this trailer a lot. I think that aesthetically it looks uh, amazing, just the same way that Force Awakens looked, you know, the way that Abrams is able to make a clean look, but also you're able to see all the action that's taking place. Um, what I liked about uh, uh, the elements of this is sort of like what you were talking about, just the the um, culmination of everybody coming together and sort of, I, I they say that it's like the last one of the of the of the... The, the trilogy, right? That's not to say that the movies are going to end. Is that right? Well, it's the end of the Skywalker tri- movie. Well, it's the end of the Skywalker. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, the so, end of, like, if of of nine episodes, nine is the concluding episode. And I mean, for the time being, I you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. With the we'll see what Plus. happens. But like, it's being promoted as such as the end of the Skywalker focused films, which has gone yeah. from one to nine. That's, that's what, well, what I like about it is that Ray looks like she's a little bit more. Um, she she's been through some some battles now. She looks a little bit more hardened. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, th- some of the things that I kind of was unsure of is the voiceover from Luke. To be honest, you know there was just a, a lot of uh, I don't I, I know that Ryan Johnson has said that he doesn't really mind if people retcon uh, Last Jedi, but just stuff of saying like you know no no one's ever really gone and um, we'll be there when you need you kind of thing or what have you. But so was Yoda, you know. So was so is his uh, uh, Obi Wan back in the day as Force Ghost, right? So we'll see how that plays out. And that laugh at the end, I kind of wasn't digging the laugh to be honest with you, just because it feels as though it, um, you know, how much do we really need of more Palpatine? If that is Palpatine, you know, or it's, if it's, it's Palpatine's laugh, it's Palpatine. It is, regardless yeah. if he's in the movie or not. That is Palpatine's laugh. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that just because I was like, it, it's great just to get away from that stuff because like what you said didn't he die and he fell into like the the power shafts and then you know it exploded and whatever I mean, else it could mean a variety of things as far sure, as his yeah. presence in the film there could be a clone this film this franchise has a very big history of clones there's a, i, could, I haven't it, seen it, part two no or could, the second one it could be oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it certainly it looks great, and I'm I'm excited to see it. I mean, there are elements of me that are a little bit more cautious, but at the same time, I'm just like, whatever. Like, let's just uh, let's just uh, check out where this goes. The the rise of Skywalker, the title itself, I'm not sure how I feel about it, and that's just like an honest uh, assessment because it's not it's not as though I, I really cared much what the title was going to be anyway. Like, I'm not huge on Star Wars as much as like Aaron is. Um, but still, it's just more of like, oh, it's Rise of Skywalker. It's like, I get it. I mean, but it wasn't really, it didn't knock me off my socks kind of thing. I mean, if you really think about it, J.J. isn't really the best at naming Star Wars films. Is that like true? When Force, like when The Force Awakens came out, it's like, okay. I get it. The Force it, woke up. Yeah. <laughs> Did it, was it asleep this entire time? 
did it hit the snooze button all this time and yeah. wake up and be like, oh my god, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. It's a white rabbit. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what did you think? I mean, titles have never affected me whatsoever. I don't like have any. Like, it's like, all <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. There's a now. I know what I can call it. That's what it comes down to for me. Um, right. As far as what its meaning is, that's obviously put up there for speculation. I, I, I don't so much bristle as I just kind of chuckle at those that are like, oh, he must be re- retconning the the entire movie now because it says Rise of Skywalker because apparently J.J. J. Abrams, a master of you know, mystery, mysterious marketing decided to drop the ball by revealing a title of a movie. But regardless, <laughs> I, from what I'm seeing here, yeah, I'm getting to see more Star Wars. I'm not going to not be excited about that. That's just always going to be fun if I see new Star Wars, regardless of what I thought of the movie. That said, this podcast, Abe and I are very big Last Jedi proponents. We very much like that movie quite a bit. Right. Um, but regardless, yeah, it lo- it looks about as good as I'd expect a J.J. Abrams-directed Star Wars movie to do. He proved he can do that quite well with The Force Awakens. It looks like he's probably going to do that quite well with this one. I would I would have to add that I think with now that he's gotten the Disney wants to make a Star Wars movie out of the way kind of thing, to, that reminds people of what Star Wars movies look like. I think he's has a little more freedom to do more, which excites me. Um, I hope that kind of pays off. There's less pressure to just make a movie that reminds people of Star Wars and more he can focus more on what he wants to do in a Star Wars movie. Um, I do think there's a lot of pressure as far as how do you wrap up 50 years worth of storytelling with this, you know, final chapter for what it is. But at the same time, he's got a very likable cast. He has a lot of good ideas as far as how to film these sort of things. So I just want to see it all come together. But, you know, as far as just geeking out about stuff, yeah, seeing Lando laughing away in the Millennium Falcon, that was amazing to me that was that gave me the chills that i wanted from like any kind of reveal trailer of mm-hmm. something for the first time um and it looks stylistically it looks interesting like seeing those shots of kylo ren who you know we just talking about Adam driver but i think he's the most compelling character in this current franchise oh for uh, sure yeah i, I see him dr- being like super pissed off and like running down folks and redwoods like sure yeah give me, <laughs> give me that too I do, I do want to say i wasn't sure how i felt about him piecing his helmet back together i feel like he could just get a new one molded but did but we in see general... him piecing it back together mm, great question i, mean, I don't I know saw hands. I, I, we, I saw, saw hands. we saw somebody piecing a helmet back together must have been must have been luke's uh, force ghost i mean more than likely it's probably him putting his helmet <laughs> back together but at the same we time don't... it's like i don't know but, yeah. uh, could have been yoda I, I just like to think that Abrams is pretty smart on what he wants to show in a trailer. Like he wants to get you thinking about certain Actually, things. Well, that's a question I have for both of you guys, which is, uh, you know, how the Marvel trailers they tend to show things that are not going to be in the movie, or they'll they'll like you know construct different ways that they shot it. Yeah. Uh, much the same way that the the Avengers all started running in the forest of Wakanda, uh, but that's not even a shot in the actual pre- released movie. Mm-hmm. Does does Disney do the same thing with the Star Wars trailers? Not that I've, that I've no. No. yeah. I, I mean, have... there might be an alternate take used here or there, but sure. I, I, there's not. I don't think they've specifically like re-edit, recontextualized visual effects to make something look a certain way. Okay. I don't mind that either, though. I just I, I like trailers that focus on tone, which is exactly what this does. It's like it gets you excited for what this is. The the other question I had, or more of like an observation, is uh, Mark did point out that you know what she's running away from the uh, the Tie Fighter. I was like, I don't know, why is she running with her with her lightsaber on? It feels like that's a dangerous game. 
She's got oh. a charge. She's charging up her power meter. Okay. Right. You can't. She's not just going to stand still. You know, it's just the jump. running. I get the running with the lightsaber. It's like that thing could impale you. I'm like, well, she's, she's trained in holding lightsabers. That's day one. Don't poke <laughs> yourself. That's that's, you know. that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out. The lightsaber blew up in the Last Jedi. How is it back? She's, she's also lightsaber. she's an electrical engineer, man. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, she went to college. There's been a, there's been a delay. You know what I mean? She's, she must be. That yeah. was that was impressive work. It looked just exactly like the original. Yeah. She's got the <laughs> she's like, got the books. That's true. She does have the, uh, she got the books. You yeah. gonna make another one. We'll find out. We'll find if there's no answer to it, Mark. I want you to tweet at me. Okay, I got you. I got you. This yeah. is like the this is the exact series that's going to give you the answer. This isn't the series that's going to be like, we know a lot of fans have this question, and guess Surprise! what? We're not going to give you an answer. <laughs> like, this is how you build a lightsaber. No, like, it's just gonna be like Chewbacca's just like, here you go. And his, like, his grunt is, is a voice. How, like, how, oh, did that, how, did that, how did that go again? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to be like the lightsaber that she pulled apart with Kylo in the movie. It's just like, it's back for no explained reason. It's just back. Here you go. <laughs> that voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Star Wars... Colin, the rise of Skywalker arrives in theaters December twentieth this year. So, oh wow! Right there at the end of the year. Be there, oh. or you know, just see something else. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to go. Where are you gonna go with that? Well, speaking of where we're gonna go, let's move on now to our main review of the week for Missing Link. I offer you a glimpse of a legendary creature, lost in time. Neither ape nor man, but a giant. He's had many names. Actually, I go by Susan. Su- Susan. Yeah, Susan. That is a girl's name. Yes, that's correct. It suits you. <laughs> I need someone who knows the wild places of the world. And you're the world's greatest adventurer. What exactly do you ask of me? I'm lonely. I'm the last of my kind. But on the other side of the world, they talk of this creature, the Yeti. I think these Yetis are my cousins. Can you take me there? I give you my word. Okay, what is it? What? Your word. No, it's a figure of speech. Sounds good. What is it? Well, I'm on my way. We have a long way to go. We'll need a map. We don't get a break in, are we? Climb the wall and pull me up. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Bravo. Thank you. Now, to find the place you belong, you'll need to keep a low profile. <gasps> um... A monster! Oh, boy. That is going to let in an awful draft. So let me see if I understand. You plan to travel around the world to the home of the Yeti. I know the secret ways through the mountains. You see Gamu. Whatever you do, do not mention the chicken. No chicken, got it, zip. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, venerable Gamu. It is an honor. What's with the chicken? It will not be easy, but we will find your place. Throw the knife, Bowie! (laughs) I gotcha! (gasps) Shangri-La? We call it... What does it mean? Keep out, we hate you. 
me out of the pit. I think it might be a little too heavy. Nonsense. Now, give it all you've got. Oh, it's hard to know whose fault that was. Let's do it again. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Missing Link. This is the fifth feature from stop-motion animation studio Leica. It's a movie about travel, exploration, friendship, and learning about who you are. Missing Link follows the exploits of Hugh Jackman's Sir Lionel Frost, a myths and monster investigator who is brought to the Pacific Northwest to find the legendary Bigfoot. Upon finding the creature voiced by Zach Galifianakis, whom Sir Lionel names Mr. Link, the two decide to travel together with a mind to prove other explorers wrong while also locating other... Others like the mysterious Sasquatch. So, I am a big Leica fan. Uh, I, there's not a film of theirs I, dis, I don't like. I, I think they're all very... They're kind of minor miracles that they all exist, given that the studio doesn't tend to produce like super huge blockbuster hits, but they put so much effort into each one of their films. I think they all have a unique stamp on them. I, I, Abe and I talk about this a lot as far as the kind of social messaging they put inside each of their films. I think that's all quite strong as well. Uh, and for this one, I, I don't disagree. Uh, the the TV ads even say as much at this point. So I think this movie yeah. is uh, quite good. It's I think very I think it's maybe their best pure comedy. Uh, as far I mean, the, the, most of them kind of tend to be in like fantastical, and this one has a Sasquatch in it. But I think as far as a buddy premise, I mean, it just it's to me. I think it's just very funny. I, having Hugh Jackman and Zach Galifianakis and eventually Zoe Saldana together, I think they make for a good team. There's a lot of great adventure stuff in here. Uh, the the look of this thing, I feel like the film story-wise might be one of the slighter like of films, but in terms of how they've constructed this thing, I think it looks fantastic. I think there's a lot of interesting cinematography choices. Uh, there's a lot of great like new sets and worlds we visit, like a lot of them. Uh, the score by Carter Burwell is terrific as well. I, I what the film may lack in like deeper characterization, I think it makes up for in just the what they're doing as filmmakers, what they're doing in making directorial choices or what have you. So there's, I think, for me, a lot of jokes here. It's more adult-oriented, I would say, given that this is the first Leica film that doesn't have a a child lead character. It's just mm-hmm. focused on Hugh Jackman's character, who meets a Sasquatch and meets up with his old flame and everything. But I, for me, it just really works. Uh, but Mark, what about you? What do you think of... Where, where are you with Leica, and what do you think of Missing Link? I actually, like you, I love Leica's films... I actually tend to rank them in the recent, their more recent films as opposed to their earlier films. Cause I thought that Coraline was really good, but you know, some parts I'm thinking if kids see this, they're going to be totally traumatized. And that's the thing with <laughs> uh, Missing Link. I think this is honestly their most family-friendly film that they've ever made mm-hmm. because the Sasquatch is a, it's a monster, but it's a cute monster, you know? It's not like the box trolls where, you know, they're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of ugly and disgusting, but in like a cute and adorable kind of way. But Mr. Link is, you know, a Sasquatch, but, you know, he is a lovable big teddy bear. And so I think that this is... You know, like you said that this is, you know, tender to more adults because there's no kids in it. But I think this is I I, I say that as like it's more the humor seems more directed uh, towards an adult audience. I I don't I don't deny. Yeah, it's certainly friendly for children. But I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
like I think it's um, totally like even the humor. Like I figured like kids would love it because of a lot of the slapstick humor of you know like oh throw me up there and then he throws you know Lionel and he gets like you know tossed to the side of the wall or you know all right just use those legs and jump and then he jumps through the wall like as a kid i used to love slapstick movies like that and i'm pretty sure that you know kids even nowadays will still love that stuff too mm-hmm. but i love honestly i love the whole family aspect of the movie like you know he mr link is kind of like a um like a character that you just kind of want to hug because he's just trying to find his family and you know when you know that kind of stuff is relatable to like a lot of people because we all have families that we you know love and adore but when you don't have your family you just kind of want want to find love like that i think that's why we love shazam so much is because you know the main kid is trying to find a family for himself that's what you know he's doing too so i think all that stuff is just what made me fall in love with this movie mm-hmm. to be honest honestly all right abe how about you so everything that you guys said, I, I basically agree with them. And it's a great movie for family and, and kids. And just the same way that you said, Aaron, Leica has been moving, making movies that uh, have been affecting to me. They've been charged with making movies. Not They haven't been charged, I should say. They, they, they've taken charge of making movies that aren't like those other ones that you see like from Disney or, or from Pixar. Not to say that they're not good. They, these are fantastic movies. I wish people would go out and see it much more than, than the current population is. Um, but they have storylines that may deal with darker elements of life, or they might deal with things that don't end up so rosy at the end. Um, and I appreciate that quite a bit. Uh, but with this one, this one is much more, I think this is ambitious in which they're in what they're trying to do here. I think what they're really going for was a more wide mainstream audience. Um, and to some degree it really does work. I mean, um, I think there's like a tale of two halves here, though. I like the first half quite a bit. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of intrigue in, in just the world building that's going on with uh, uh, Lionel Frost's character, him living in London, and then he has to go travel to the States to go and visit uh, uh, somebody who wrote him an, a letter to go and find this this uh, Sasquatch. And at that point, you're just like, wow, I really like this mining town that they've made here. I, I really admire the way that they hey, made like these small little uh, shacks. And then there's like all these like weirdos that are like mining for gold. And even when he goes out to go and search for uh, uh, the address in which the letter came from, um, it's beautiful. Like I, I love the way that they, they showed a shot of the horse clopping through water. And I was like, this is a, a great shot. You know, just everything about it. Just, it's almost like, it's almost like a ballad of us describes when, when that, that prospector goes to go into that little uh, valley. There's a but, lot. I mean, I think that's partly because I think Carter Burwell's score, who I, all of the yeah. core of this movie, it's so like right there in my face. Or I'm like, this feels just like I'm watching like another one of the Buster Scruggs skits. Yeah. Like a, the a, sound a and look of this like thing. vignette kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I want to say, I want to shout out Carter Burwell. Cause I didn't see that until the credits. Um, but I was like, wow, I really dig this score. And so Carter Burwell is like, oh, no surprise. And then I also want to shout out the costume designer. Yes, I, I, right? I it's like Deborah <laughs> something. Um, but that costume design, like the costume design for everybody here is exquisite. 
You know, I say like, and and I don't know if this is going to carry over to award season, but this should definitely be in the mix for something because just the way that that Hugh Jackman's character, Lana Frost, is dressed, and also the the suit that they give to uh, uh, Link. Yeah, and then also uh, Zoe Saldana's character, uh, Adelina. Uh-huh. All these costumes are fantastic, and I, I, I definitely I, I wrote that exact thing in my review where it's like I there's no difference here because you have to build these costumes regardless. They're just right. smaller. There's no they're like, smaller. They're, they're yeah. still still costume design. And I, I exactly. very much said like you def, people should like put this just as put put but just as much credit behind this as you do in any you know period drama that comes along. Yeah, and and I I want to shout out Zach Galifianakis. I mean he is a perfect voice for Link, Mr. Link, um, slash Susan. Uh, he's just so like, it's so soft and it's so, um, it's almost like, cause, cause Link is super, um, he's super, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, I was gonna say like on the nose, but what was that term literal. where, literal, thank you, he's super literal. Here, now throw this rope over the wall. What did you just do? Uh, what do you mean I threw the rope over the wall? I didn't mean all of it. Well, you never said that. I'm very literal. Oh, you don't say. No, I do, I do say. I just said that right then. Aren't you listening? So everything about it is almost like this childlike understanding of, of the world. And I just love the way that Zach Galifianakis played it, where it's like toned down. But also I could I could feel Zach in, his, in some of the characters that he's played as well. And I could feel it kind of emanating off of, uh, of Mr. Link there. But everybody here is very good. I mean, um, uh, even down to uh, uh, some of the side characters. Like, I didn't know that that was the only fun. Yeah, that was the... I didn't realize it either. That was a fun, like, oh, that was going to be the old bit. Cool. Yeah, exactly. That was, like, a fun little thing. Uh, but, you know, even that guy who's you know, a mean, cackling villain character, he's fun in it, too. And I will say that there's a great moment of detention and suspense toward the end where even I wasn't sure what was going to go on. And I was just, like, at the edge of my seat, kind of just holding my breath about what was uh, going to transpire. But on the whole, I think that it's uh, it's a great story about like what you said, Mark, you know, started of finding your people and finding yourself. And I love the friendship that develops there. Uh, stay through the credits. Cause there's like fun little things that happens throughout, you know, there's no real stinger at the end there, but it's just more of like, you know, it's not just names scrolling up and those names need to be applauded as well. But I definitely want to shout out Leica and the team and just say like, you know, you guys are making some great work. I know you guys would never hear this, but you guys make some great work. And I appreciate it. I'm, I know that Aaron and I and, and Mark appreciate it very much. And, We'd love to see more of it. So you know, yeah, it's a it's a shame because this movie bombed essentially. Like it, it made it, less than what is projected. It made like five, what is it like five million this week? Like five point seven million. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it, you know, I'm not going to say this movie had the best marketing as far as the trailers or whatnot in the studio. It's now it used to be focused. Now it's Annapurna that's handling you know production on these things. Yeah. Which I mean, they've had their own struggles. Just like uh, um, uh, Beale Street and Vice were both. They were bombs, essentially. Like mm-hmm. they put a lot of money into kind of setting them out there, and they just didn't connect in the same way. And I, I, I wanted a partner to do better as well because they generally put out a lot of movies I like. But another like a movie, I, I want to see these do well because there is so much care that's put into all of them, and that's not just to discredit you know the other animated films that certainly have hundreds of people working on them as well. But it's like you can really feel it with these movies. You can just see, you can see all that effort. There's a big like there's a shot that they show in the in the credits of like the construction of a scene. Yeah. It's always fun. It's always fun to see. And that scene they show is like, 
it's so like it's not even like a huge plot related scene it's just like look at this look at how cool this is and it's like it is cool like it's cool to see like to think yeah. about the hours that went into constructing the things they construct here and moving the characters around and doing all the things that are required for stop motion animation like it's all right there and that's this entire movie it's all of like yeah. movies but it's this whole movie once again and i just think it's so, it feels so special that way yeah. And especially because you the way you see it here. Like I if I don't disagree, I do think it like there's a stronger first half perhaps than a start than a second half. Like I really like the kind of western vibe. Like I like the culture clashing when he like when you first you see the London stuff, then you go to the west and sure. you kind of see the bar. Like I think that bar fight's maybe the highlight of the film for me. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but, but like Regardless, just the, the you know the the way they've chosen to construct this film, I think works so well. You get such, especially after Kubo, after Box Troll, like you, there's all you know there's a, there's a ceiling on what you can do with stop motion as far as hey, look at this character move around. So now they're really with Kubo in this film, they seem to be exploring what they can do you know cinematically. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just some really interesting stuff going on as far as what you can see a director do with this medium. And yeah. it, just, it works really well. <laughs> I also yeah go ahead Mark oh uh, and there were many times as I was like watching the movie where I thought man I can't even tell that this is stop motion animation right finally like blurred the lines between like stop motion animation and what you know might look like CG animation because because you know how there's that stutter when you see like yeah, stop we've ta- we've, uh, a friend of the show david yeah he's talked about it before where leica has a program that kind of removes all the rough edges so to speak out of it like the when you see like old stamp like king like old king kong or yeah, yeah. Or, the, or even the ardman films which still do it where you can see like the fingers and the fur Thumbprints, and things like yeah. you can see the prints yeah, and you can I... see how it all shifts around like leica has a program that kind of smooths all that over at this point which I'm, I personally, I like kind of seeing the rough edges just because it like gives you just even more of a little touch of like, yeah, someone had to move all that around or whatnot. Yeah. But I know what you're saying as far as it's very impressive, like how good this looks knowing that it's done by hand. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, again, all the effort that's done into it, I mean, they show that one scene and that's literally just like the elephant walking scene. And I was like, imagine the number of hours that are, are spent on this movie, you know, just not for like not for a scene per se, but just all of it together in some, in aggregate. I mean, it's just so much effort, so much time that goes into it. And I, I do want to also shout out that this is a great adventure story. Um, some of it brought me back to elements of like Rango, which I think people don't really talk about Rango as much anymore, but Rango Oscar is a fantastic. Rango. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those that's like really takes the genre, kind of turns it on its head and also keeps with some elements that you really appreciate of the genre. To um, the all fans in that one too. Is he really? Yeah, he's uh, what's he? He's um, is he one of like the the sheriff guys? He's, I believe, he's one of the good. Oh, jeez, I is he a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. He's, I believe, he's a good guy. I believe he's on okay. Rango's side. Uh, okay. He's the yeah, he's he's the he's the Clint Eastwood character, the spirit of the West. <laughs> Should have been Sam Elliott. <laughs> uh, but so he's probably in there too. I got to look that up. But, you might... <laughs> but you know, there's just elements of that where it's like, hey, you know, let me deal. Like because they are traveling through different parts of the world, they get to have fun with. Uh, other things that they may have seen in the past. Um, and the other thing that I really want to bring out, and this is kind of a point of discussion with you guys, is just the way that animation can do things, is there's a, g- a great chase sequence in here. And that chase sequence is great because um, the way that they employ the surroundings around it, you know, like you've seen some of it, sure, in Inception and whatever else too. But just the way that 
you're able to make this fun little chase sequence um, and use the world and kind of use like not only like the place where they're being uh, where they're running around, but but uh, literally like the the surface in which they're running around. Um, you know that comes into play as well. It's it's fantastic. And my question to you guys is just, you know, where like is there more that a genre could do, or have you guys seen things like this? that um, are done practically, I suppose. Uh, but is there something that you guys think that animation can still do much better than than uh, what people have done with CGI? I, I mean, oh. e- everything, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think Although... the, the, the part of, like, this is something that, like, I know Brad Bird was, like, a very much against, but as far as, like, what the, the idea that Disney had of animation is the every scene should be something that you can't do in live action. Interesting. Uh, and that's something, like, Brad Bird's against because he, like, he, he just makes, he writes, he, like, he writes stories that happen to be in that medium where it's like, yeah, you can have a scene of, like, Bob and Helen Parr having a conversation, which can happen in a live action movie, but it doesn't matter because that serves the story. But I do get the point of what's that what they're trying to say as far as you have this medium, you can basically do whatever because it doesn't require having to set up sets and production design and all that stuff. You could just, you know, draw it or design it or what have you. So it's, I mean, there's no real limit in, in that capacity. The only limit is your imagination at that point. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really comes to mind for me, at least in terms of the animation aspect, is Into the Spider-Verse. Because mm. that yeah. is honestly the kind of animated film that I've never seen before, and it turns it on its head with the use of, like, you know, the pop art and the, you know, the chromatic aberration and the Mm -hmm. mix of 3D and 2D mixed together. I mean, everything that I saw there just, like, kind of blew my mind. It's like, wow, so this is what the next step of animation should look like is something as stylistic and as awesome as that. Like, I want to see more of that where it's not like your traditional, like, CGI movies, but something where they take a lot of mediums and put it together and come out with something new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm happy to be blown away by animation when it comes out. Like, there's there's so right. many options you can have as far as kind of doing something that you just don't see. Yeah. This question that I had for you guys in this movie, and this is one of my favorite ways to travel, is travel by map. Uh, what do you think of the travel by map <laughs> aspect of this movie? Like, you know, it's, it's brought up in, in stuff like the Muppet movie, and uh, old-timey old movies used to do this, right, where they, they enter a display, like, a map on top of uh, real-life uh, action, kind of the way they did, like, Casablanca or something like that. But nowadays, you don't really get that. You, you kind of just get them like, oh, well, he's got to go to the Pacific Northwest, here he is on a boat, Lionel Frost is on a boat, and then he's in Seattle. You know what I mean? Whereas it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to show him like traveling, taking the train, and whatever. I, I found that great. I, you know, it's beautiful care. I mean, it speaks to what you're saying is like it's a great adventure story. Like I like that it emphasizes that element. There's an old-fashioned quality to this film, which I think speaks to both it being like having elements of a Western as well. It just feels mm-hmm. it like it's going for like a buddy comedy vibe, but as far as the presentation it wants to kind of give you a you, you know a, a more class like i mean as much as it's a a modern animated stop motion film it's also like one of the what bing crosby 
uh, road like Road to Morocco, like one of those old movies, like old mm-hmm. old fashioned, like giving you those kind of points and what have you. Like it works. For me. Like yeah, it's, it's neat. Indiana Jones did travel by map, and that uh-huh. that's, that's true. the greatest adventure movie of all time, right there. I do get lost in those movies quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and then. A uh, follow-up question is, without going too much into detail, what did you guys think of like that third act where they, they get to where um, they might need to be going? I think there's a performance by Emma Thompson that's very good. Um, mm-hmm. that, I, I like the humor that comes out of that, because, yeah, I'm trying to avoid it as well. And I like, I like the... the <laughs> there's a literal scenario presented, a dangerous scenario at the end, and I like the animation choreography behind it, because it does have a lot of a lot of, a lot of peril that it creates that I think is it's well, it's well animated. Yeah. That way. What Aaron said. <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. There you go. <laughs> I do think this movie's very funny. Like, I, I, I know so I, I'm like, I joke that, like, yeah, like, I have, yeah. I have a thing in, in, in the ads that says hilarious, but with my name attached to it, and I stand by it. <laughs> like, quote. I think this movie's legit. Yeah. It's a pull quote. I, I don't believe I, I, There's a lot of funny things about it because the way that it's played up, because Hugh Jackman, his character, Lionel Frost, isn't, like, the, the best guy. He's a good guy. He's pretty but self-centered. He, he's really, I mean, yeah, uh, he's really trying to, like, you know, prove his self-worth to these people that don't care for him. And uh, quite honestly, like one of the funniest laughs that I had was, uh, you know, Adam, when when um, Adelina asked where he got these like nun robes and Zach Galifianakis gives the answer. And I just like bust it up my in my seat because, again, Mr. Link says things literally. So it's just yeah, he's like a cuddly Drax. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Drax, of course. Yes. The other literal literal character. My my favorite joke is in the bar fight where like everyone just starts punching each other and the guy looks at the moose head and it just like the joke's so telegraphed because he's staring at it it's but like, he hesitates gonna... yeah <laughs> yeah but he's like he's gonna punch it and then he does and i'm still laughing like an idiot like it's just so funny <laughs> does, doesn't lionel frost kind of remind you of Jackman's performance as P.T. Barnum. Oh yeah, that and the Prestige. Like he, he, if you get like a, a showman huckster, like Jackman has that down in these. Like movies. that salesman type character. Yeah, exactly. He has this kind of presentation of like, well, if you look over here, I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there's a lot of that going on in all of those performances, and I think it works. I think right. he's ideally cast in this role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that Hugh Jackman presents like I thought about that too. Like, greatest showman, just like pomp and circumstance kind of thing the question i had though is lionel frost he's got people that go with these on these adventures with him the opening is a pretty fun action sequence um and i thought to myself doesn't his you know his valet doesn't isn't that enough proof and he's he's got a broken camera but isn't there's another person there with him that can no that's a bummer so that's another so we didn't talk about like the kind of societal themes going on here, but I mean, a big part of it is gatekeepers and being actively against progressive, <laughs> progressivism. It's, and you have Stephen Fry playing this old white man um, who's very much against, you know, things like evolution and other aspects of, and, you know, anyone other than a man exploring somewhere and being responsible for making discoveries that make sense to, what his beliefs align to and i i mean i'm always for like exploring these kinds of areas whether it's paranormal with bullying or box trolls with you know the have versus have nots class society type stuff and here 
I, I think it's 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 clever and it's also very funny. I mean, you have a scene of Stephen Fry not getting what he wants and then crying on the ground and pounding it because he <laughs> just, he, he wants he wants his old ways to be the right ways and the only ways. So it's like I see what you're doing, movie. <laughs> I'm on to you, and I like this. <laughs> Any other thoughts on uh, Missing Link before we move on? Uh, check it out, uh, but also at the same time... <laughs> please. Yes, you know, please check it out. Yeah, and I was like, like I, I guess at the same time it's more just like, uh, pack a coat, because it might be cold, I don't know. I, I don't think that they, they wore enough uh, thick parkas in the uh, the Himalayas. Well, they had them, but they just got them taken away. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Mark, how we do things here to rate the film weeks, we ask, when should people go and see this movie? So instead of a, a letter grade, we ask, when should people go out and see this movie? When should people go and see Missing Link? Oh, ASAP. There you go. Yeah, as soon as... Go now. Go as soon as you listen to this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Abe? Uh, it's a, yeah, definitely go check it out in the theater, for sure. Yeah, I support a theater visit as well. I I'm on it, I saw it again. Or I saw it again with Anna yesterday because I want I want to support this movie and because I just really like it. I think it's really fun. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna try and do that as well. I'm gonna try and see it a second time just to support it, but also because uh, I want to pick up a more little animation tidbits. Mm -hmm. Well, there we go. That's the missing link. We've talked about that. Let's move on now. Let's get to our uh... hey, what uh, what time is it? Aaron, it's time for a game. Fun fact, that's actually the, the, the sound that plays when Link takes off his hat. Mr. Link takes off his hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it in. They sent it back. They, <laughs> they, said, stop send, they said, stop they said, sending Mr. Newer, these. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't make a noise when his hat comes off. <laughs> well, that's, of course, the improv theme for games. Um, this week, I have a game. It is called Creature Feature. Uh-oh. Okay. 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 What I'm going so I have a number of movies here, and I'm going to they're all movies that feature a creature or monster of some kind. I'm going to describe that creature, and if you think you know the answer, say your name, and then the answer. You okay. buzz in with your name. That's how we do this here. Okay, right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So here, here's the sample question. If I said tall, hairy, taught self to speak, curious about things, well, and you wants know, to find I'd say relatives. that he's more of like an Auburn, though, Aaron. <laughs> Maybe more of a rust. <laughs> so you, underst so you understand that that would be Mr. Link. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Mark, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say rust sounds, rustic <laughs> sounds very much the <laughs> color I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> so here is the first one. Let's do it. Tall, hairy, a romantic, island native, hmm. wins monster battles. Hmm. Aww. A romantic? Abe. Abe? King Kong. King Kong is the correct answer. Ah. He does Lord. love those blonde women. Here's the next one. Short, sometimes hairy and friendly, sometimes scaly and mean, more of a nighttime fan, has rules. Uh, Abe. Abe? Gremlins. Gremlins or Mogwai are the correct answer. Mogwai! I am doing awful right now. Don't worry, Mark. Don't worry. Okay, we got plenty of these. I, I usually <laughs> cool off right about now. <laughs> Here's the next question. Here's the next one. 
average height, quite old, also a romantic. Given the wardrobe, you think it would have a lot of injuries. What? Uh, Mark. Mark? Dracula? <laughs> Not Dracula. Quite old. You're in the right area. I'll say that. <laughs> can, can you repeat the, the clues, please? Average height. Quite old. Also a romantic. Given the wardrobe, you think it would have a lot of injuries. Ah, uh, Abe. Abe? The mummy. The mummy is the correct answer. Thank you, Mark. Oh. Bandages. I knew... <laughs> I knew somewhere that we're going to go to Universal Monsters. All right. <laughs> I got next it. One. Here's the next one. Long, scaly, more a fan of the Southern Hemisphere. Mark. Doesn't... Yeah? Uh, creature from Black Lagoon? Incorrect. Oh! Should have waited. Southern Hemisphere. Okay. okay. Doesn't tend to chew is the last clue. Doesn't tend to chew... What was the first one? Long. Long. Scaly. <laughs> um, uh, Abe. Abe? That giant crocodile with Bill Pullman. Incorrect. <laughs> so you're both out. It is an anaconda. An anaconda. There's snakes that big? There's snakes out here this big? <laughs> Southern Hemisphere. Lake Placid is in Maine. Lake Placid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, John Voight. Give it a great performance in that movie. Yeah. And doesn't tend to chew. He just swallows the whole. Yeah. Alligators are chomping. I was going to guess the Meg after that, but... (laughs) That one would have... Was Southern Hemisphere, though? Yeah, no. That's why I didn't say it. Here's the next one. There's a lot of it. It's sticky. It's pink. It's not big on the cold. I mean, I never liked this cover when I was walking past it in the movie theater or in the in the video store. Uh, Abe, mm-hmm. the blob. The blob is the correct answer. Not a big fan of that cover. It always freaked me out. <laughs> Here's the next one. Sometimes average height, sometimes whatever else. More of a winter fan, more of a cat lover. More of a winter fan. Cat lover. More of a cat lover can be multiple heights. Hmm. Winter fan. Cat lover? Doesn't like dogs. Or at least dogs don't do well around it. This I'm not sure of. Uh, Abe, some sort of lichen of some creatures? (laughs) (laughs) You know, from... Some uh, sort of lichen. Yeah, from... uh, from that one movie with uh, Kate, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Underworld, no. I, yeah, thank you, Underworld. I don't know the answer to this. I, my God, I'm throwing a blank. Sometimes tall, sometimes short. I said no, I said sometimes average height or sometimes whatever else. Hmm. Doesn't like dogs. Likes dogs don't do well with it, I'll put it that way. I'm going to give this one a mark. Oh, oh, man. Oh, wait. I think I know. Uh, you want to tell me a hint? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think it's a monster <laughs> from uh, 8mm. From 8mm? Wait, what? No, no, that that one... I just thought about dogs. All the dogs went missing because they ran away from the... From, uh, not 8mm, from... Uh, <laughs> Eight-legged no. freaks? No. 8mm <laughs> is a Nicolas Cage movie. No, yes, I, like, I know. What are you thinking of? <laughs> 
What is the, what is the movie with like, those kids? J.J. Abrams directed it or Super Eight? Super Eight, thank eight you. Millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> those are com- do not go and see those movies in sequence. The answer is the thing. The thing? Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah, dogs don't do well with that at all. Yeah. Next one. Quite large. More arms than the three of us combined. Abe? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's six arms. I was thinking of Goro, <laughs> but that's only four. <laughs> More arms than three of us combined. Doesn't need air, doesn't need sun. Uh-oh. Doesn't need air or sun? Hmm. Uh, it's got to be that dune creature. Does it have more than six arms? Oh, I don't know what that dune creature looks like. It looks like a giant sandworm. I don't know the answer to this. I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. I got nothing to lose. Uh, Mark Cthulhu? You're close, because it is squid-like. In fact, it is a squid. It's the squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. There you go. Uh... Does Mark get that point? No, because they're wrong. <laughs> this isn't a charity. But he's the creature from the deep. <laughs> this isn't a charity, Abe. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Always up for a laugh. Can dance. Needs a dentist. Redhead. Kid friendly. Mark. Mark? Pennywise. Pennywise. Needs a dentist. Oh, what if he likes it? I mean, you know. Freddie Mercury said that he didn't want to fix his teeth because he lives in Britain. He doesn't want to stand out. Well, he also, he can sing because of his... In, in this his, is true, which, yeah. you know, yeah. they Pennywise had to... doesn't they had sing to, as far as I know. Yeah, they had to give it a reason why he, he didn't want to get uh, his teeth fixed. Mm-hmm. Here's the next one. Mark, you're on the board, by the way, which is good for you. <laughs> yes! Got Here's one. Next, here we go. Taller than average. Some assembly required. Man a few words. Married. Married? Oh, Mark. Franken- Mark? Frankenstein's monster is correct. <laughs> I like that it married on there. That made I me like laugh. that. It threw me off because <laughs> yeah. my, my first guess was going to be Optimus Prime, but I was like, Optimus Prime isn't really married. And not a monster. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, he is like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's up to interpretation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yeah. No problem. Here's the next one. Average height, known to smolder, has a PhD, bug eyes, don't eat with him. Abe? Abe? Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. That is correct. Oh, I was going to say that, too. All right, good for you. <laughs> yeah, that was I gross. Never eat with him. <laughs> Here's the next one. Last one. Okay. Long, more of a Southwesterner, can't see too well, more of a listener. Hmm. More of a Southwesterner? Hmm. Can't see too well. Uh, Abe. Abe? Uh, the thing with Kevin Bacon in it. I need a movie. Tremors. Oh. Tremors yeah. is correct. Yes. <laughs> graboids. What, yeah, what, I was going to be asking, what are they called? Graboids? Yeah, I mean, he just, they, they dub them Graboids, but yeah, the movie's Tremors. Got it. I'm Gra- sure some nerd on Wikipedia has like a full like scientific name for it. Too, so. I just thought they just called them giant worms. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty... That's you know, kind of what they are. They're, they're yeah, giant they bullies. Giant yeah. Worms. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Quick question for you. What was the, what was the thing with the, their sight again? Like They can't see. They don't by, have sight. They, they, they only hear. They, they yeah. only hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Abe, you won this game. Uh, thank you so much, Mark, for letting me win. Yeah, no problem. I, <laughs> I, know, I know that you're, you've been listening, and you're like, Abe hasn't won in like a month. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what <laughs> Mark, 
Mark, you did make it on the board, which means you get to come back to this show eventually. That's that's how it works. Yes, you... and try to uh, try to redeem myself. Well, yeah, that's obviously part of it as well. But yeah, I mean, you got it on the board the least. I mean, we know the ones that haven't got on the board and are not <laughs> on the show. So. <laughs> Uh, quick, quick fun, fun questions, questions for you. I had bonus questions in case there was a tie, which there wasn't, unless I tied with you, because I got uh-huh. quite a few of my own. <laughs> um, what's the highest grossing stop motion animated film? I want to say The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I was that is, yeah. It, it is not The Nightmare Before Christmas. I want to say uh, um, Corpse Bride. You're closer. It is Chicken Run. Chicken Run? What? Mm-hmm. With Mel Gibson? The, the same. And Minnie Driver? Wow. I was going to say about Artman and, and Nick Park. Those guys are also, I love those guys so much. And and I hope that, you know, we achieve a level of, like, cultism uh, with those, like, you know, Wallace and Gromit things uh, with, the, with the Leica thing. So, good job. Yeah. The, the difference is that those films have a much bigger international audience. That's why Chicken Run made, like... 225 million dollars so. wow wow okay they made 100 million dollars in the states it's still the biggest domestic that's a lot yeah. yeah they also have uh, disney marketing money yeah what do you think's the highest grossing uh like a film highest grossing like a film i want to say Coraline. what'd you say mark kubo kubo is actually up until the missing link is the lowest grossing like a film uh, uh yeah it is a uh, Coraline is the well, yeah the uh, i figured that it's like it's really like the first one that also was a 3d release yeah uh yeah Coraline, paranorman and then corpse bride um, i love paranorman yeah corpse bride tech i mean it was it was shopped to like like it did the animation it's still a wb film but that's like there it's in there i guess there you go but it's been progressively lower and lower, which is quite the shape. Um, it is, yeah, it is. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, I hope, you know, maybe just write it out with 10. <laughs> I'm just, like, hoping for them to make more movies. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that was games. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers. Then they gave us. Actually, we didn't get any questions this week, which is a shame. I was not getting questions. Um, but before we get to that, let's get to our poll question. Each week out now, we put two movies against each other that generally fit the theme of the week in some way, and we let the listeners vote for which one to save, and the other one gets deleted from existence entirely. Um, this week... We did a road trip edition with planes, trains, and automobiles versus National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm-hmm. Before we see what the listeners voted, Mark, between those films, what would you choose? Vacation. Vacation. Gotta love the Griswolds. All right. Well, let's see here. Well, hey, where are you at with this, actually? I am choosing to save planes, trains, and automobiles because I feel as though the Griswolds, what have they really gone on to do? Oh, they had a Christmas vacation. They had a Christmas vacation. vacation. And, then, <laughs> and then also, uh, you know, one of them became a great member of 30 Rock. <laughs> made a Vegas huh? vacation. And, uh... Where, oh, yeah, the... yeah, Krakowski's in uh, Christmas. Or, which yeah. one's Krakowski? She's in... She, oh, no, she's, she's Krakowski Cousinetti's is in kid. 30 Rock. No, but she's in... I was trying to think which vacation she's in. She's in she's, the first she's one, in, but... She's, yeah. she's in but she's not, one of, she's not one of the kids. She's one of Cousin Eddie's kids. Yeah, yeah. she's one of the... She's one of... Uh, what's his... Uh, Dennis Quaid's kids. Yes. Uh, not Dennis Quaid. Uh, Randy, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Yeah. The other, the other uh, Quaid brother. Okay. Sorry. Well, apparently I was the deciding vote here because it was 50-50. And now, <laughs> and now that oh, I clicked, great. <laughs> and? So 
I chose plane, trains, and automobiles. Thank you. And it and it's now fifty one percent to forty nine percent. What was your logic? I I don't. Ha- you know what I. My fondness for both of these is like it's not super hot. Like it, it, like I don't think it's they're bad. It's just like I don't have like a, a kind of reverence for them as far as like these are ultimate classics to me. I just I like them a lot, but I just that combination of candy and Martin I think just stands out to me. And also I gotta treasure everything that John Candy's in. Yeah, that that that's part of it too. Uh, but with that said, my deciding vote apparently has uh, <laughs> eliminated. Vacation from existence. So we'll add that to our list of movies that we have no idea what they are because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. Good thing that Ed Helms has only had been in the office and uh, and. Uh... Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's how the that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, let's get to our feedback. Uh, first question. Yeah, first. Thank you. First question here, Mark. Feel free to lend in any answers you might have as well. Uh, what are your favorite mismatched pairings? Uh, Scott writes Beauty and the Beast, my favorite version, the Cocteau French adaptation. Uh, Christopher has Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Mike has Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Scott, again, adds The Odd Couple, the movie and TV show. Justin writes Doc and Marty. Philip has The Widow and the Little Boy in Record of a Tenement Gentleman. Uh, Renee has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. And Todd has Midnight Run, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, and Lethal Weapon. I'm just going to add in the big guy and Rusty. <laughs> the big guy and Rusty. Yeah, it's a great show. Okay. Someone mentioned Rick and Morty, so why not Back to the Future? There you go. Doc and Marty. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, what are some great movies about mysterious creatures? Todd writes King Kong, Gojira, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Thing, Predator, Alien, and Tremors. Justin has The New Peace Dragon was good. Tammy has The Dark Crystal. Mike has The Thing, The Alien Series, Abominable, Sasquatch, Legend of Boggy Creek 2, Chris writes Pitch Black, and Shin Godzilla. Philip has My Neighbor Totoro. Mike has Godzilla, and Rachel writes 1933's King Kong has never been topped. Mysterious I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a giant King Kong fan, and I'm a big Godzilla fan, so those would be my answers for these questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm a giant Godzilla fan, so that would be my answer. You guys are totally looking forward to the new release then, huh? I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a question then, I guess. I don't, like, I'm all, you know, I'm looking forward to Endgame, but, like, my mind is so on Godzilla right now. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I've seen some stuff at CinemaCon that'll blow your mind. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Next question we have here. Uh, favorite films about explorers. Rachel writes Indiana Jones movies. I also really like Nim's Island and feel it's a bit of a hidden gem. Uh, Justin adds The Mummy, the Brendan Fraser version, Raiders, Kong Skull Island, Sahara, and The Lost City of Z. Also the right stuff. Christopher has Around the World in 80 Days, the original Atlantis, colon, The Lost Empire, uh, Star Trek films, The Martian, and National Treasure. Mike has Pr- Prometheus. Todd has Raiders of the Lost Ark and, of course, Explorers. Mm. Mike adds The Descent. Uh, Philip has 2001, Cold Space Odyssey. Maxwell has Star Trek. Batman Begins and Spider-Man Homecoming. I feel like that's for a different question. <laughs> <laughs> they could be. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll double check. Okay. Yeah. Films about explorers. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear Lost City of Z in there because I am a big fan of that film and would yeah happily support it. Charlie Hannum. 
And also uh, Robert Pattinson, right? And Robert Pattinson. Bearded yeah, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, there you go. Uh, favorite movies about explorers? Uh, stand by me. You know, they're they're exploring the uh, the their town. <laughs> yep, yep, Castle yep. Rock. <laughs> trying to go find that dead body. Are they in Castle Rock? Is that where they're supposed to be? Uh, oh yeah, they are. Right, that's where a lot of that's where a lot of kings things take place, though, right? Well, they they, they a lot of take place in Maine. I know that. But yeah, they're in Castle. Yeah, because like Robert Rob Reiner named Castle Rock after the town. Yeah, so. I did not realize that. I thought that was like a Stephen King production company. <laughs> no, it's Rob. It's Rob Reiner's. There you go, Rob Reiner. Thank you. Good for you. <laughs> Mark, did you have any uh, favorite movies about explorers? Um, since someone already said Indiana Jones, obviously. Uh, how about the Mummy, the Brendan Fraser one. There you go. And that's National Treasure. That's a fun series. That's surprisingly that's the only movie that's worked out in the dark in the dark universe franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Next question we have to everybody: What are your favorite franchise reboots? Todd has Star Trek: The Dark Knight trilogy and the Daniel Craig Bond films. Christopher writes the Amazing Spider-Man films, Star Trek, Tomb Raider, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Chris, come on. Uh, Chris, <laughs> other other Chris writes. Evil Dead TV series has been awesome, which I think Aaron would agree with. Yeah. Um, Maxwell has Star Trek: Batman Begins, Spider Man: Homecoming, so I guess maybe he wrote it on both. Uh, Scott has the Star Trek reboot has been decent, but you can't top Shatner. Jeffrey has the partial. I'm partial to Mask of Zorro, though it never really took off beyond one sequel. Uh, what was the name of the sequel called? The Legend of Zorro. Legend of Zorro. Thank mm. you. Uh, John has Batman Begins, and Jeffrey writes when they rebooted Point Break and named it Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, no one mentioned uh, the rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, so I will. Well. I yeah. That, that started off a pretty solid trilogy of films. Yeah. Oh man. They basically said everything that I've wanted to say. Yeah, it covered a lot of ground. That's yeah. Because there hasn't really been a lot of good franchise reboots. Yeah. Um, can you, do you anything on top of your head that are better than the original? Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, there there are Apes films there that I like more than Apes films in the original series of Apes films. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a sequel. Though, yeah, that's yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a reboot. I mean, so it I... is better than Jumanji, which again is terrible. But I, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I know that's me. I know there's plenty of people that love Jumanji, but I am, I, I am I've not grown one of them. to unlike Hook. <laughs> I've grown to see your point of view. <laughs> Where I'm just like, Hook is solid. <laughs> don't ever don't ever question me, even though it's over two hours long. <laughs> and bad. But that's the other part of it. I don't know about <laughs> that. Jumanji <laughs> is bad. I would also uh, add in uh, uh, Dread is a great uh, reboot. I mean, I just I don't see that as a reboot as much as we're just doing this again. <laughs> we're just doing guess, this. But still, I way better, say, yeah, way better sure. than Stallone's. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fair, I guess. And how well, can you go wrong with the Batman Christopher Nolan Batman reboot. Yeah, you really can't. I've really grown to love Batman Begins. Like it's like a solid intro uh, character, one that I, I kind of compare a lot of other movies to whenever uh, they're they're starting out. Uh, the next question: You have three superheroes to help you save the world. Who do you pick? Mike writes Deadpool, Rick Grimes, and Wonder Woman. Uh, Jason has Shazam. Mm. Uh, Deadpool and The Flash, Barry Allen, but he might change the timeline, so maybe Spider-Man. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> oh, he's already done it. Because he's dead. 
Um, <laughs> uh, Chris writes Luke Cage, Thor, and Black Widow. If we mess up, I think we could have a good drinking session. <laughs> and Justin writes, well, with the recent events of Cap, re- with recent events, Captain Marvel, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Hmm. Three superheroes to help me save the world. Who do I pick? I mean, it's got to be someone with super strength, so it's got to be Rogue. Um, and then somebody who's really cool, so it's got to be um, Morph, because he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody who can like really lead everybody, so it's got to be Beast. So there you go. Who was the first one you said? Rogue. She's, Ro- the, okay. she's the muscle. It's the muscle. Yeah. Also, steel powers too. So that exactly. Works. So she's like multi multi dimensional. <laughs> she could she could she could siphon morphs coolness. Apparently, <laughs> he's just gonna cackle jokes and run away, telling everybody he doesn't need their help. <laughs> All right. All right. That was that. No feedback. 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 <laughs> uh, let's move on now. Let's get to. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get to a little out now. Presents was out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and streaming and all that this week. First up on Blu-ray and 4K and all that, we have Glass. Uh, great ideas, not great execution. Yeah, feel free to give a yay or an A to these as I go through them. Uh, replicas. This is that is Keanu this Reeves one? movie. This is a Keanu Reeves movie? It was a Keanu Reeves movie where like his family dies or something. Yeah, I think it came out like a perfect. short, brief time in theaters. Yeah, it came out. Was it January? January. Just like, yeah, just like a yeah. few weeks ago, right? But it was like made like through two years ago. But Got like, it. Studio things. Never and, a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The kid who would be king. That's a fun movie. I am a fan. Solid. Oh, good, because I just got that. I haven't seen it yet, but I will soon. Oh, yeah, it's good. Better than Jumanji. Um, of Fathers and Sons. This was one of the films that was nominated for Best Foreign Film. I didn't get a chance to see this one, but I want to. Mm. Okay. Um, let's see. And Justice League versus The Fatal Five, the latest DC animation uh, feature, which I've heard good things about from a friend of the show, Jim Dietz. He, he's a bit, he, he likes watching all the uh, DC animated films. I, I, I catch up with the ones I can. Yeah. Uh, on TV, you have Victoria Season 3. I believe this is a PBS series about Queen Victoria. Um, and especially stuff, you got the Karate Kid 35th Anniversary Edition, now on 4K. Why does it need to be on 4K? I mean, not, not that I'm like knocking it, but it's like, you know, do you so really you need to see Danny them? get his ass kicked on the beach in 4K? Well, so you have the latest format version of it, that's why. Okay, all right. Yeah. On Criterion, you have Diamonds of the Night for uh, Criterion mm. Collectors. Uh, let's see. New, new to streaming this week, we have on Netflix. Uh, there's a movie called The Silence with uh, Stanley Tucci and Karen and Shipka. It's, uh, a, it's a horror film. It's the Quiet Place slash remake slash reboot slash. I'm just really joking, but the concept is the same. <laughs> okay. Got it. Fireworks display at the end. Got it. They're making a, they're making a fun stable of these, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, Black Summer, which is a zombie series. Uh, I've not heard of it. Haven't checked it out yet. Yeah. I do like zombie stuff, but we'll see. And The Perfect Date. It's a rom-com, I assume. Is that the one with the, uh, one of the Hemsworth brothers? Mm, I can't say for sure, but I doubt it. I think it's one of the kids from um, the, the To All the Boys. I've I, loved before. i loved before. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, on Prime this week, we have Guava Island. Did any of you watch Guava Island? I did not. Nope. But this it was trending the, on Twitter. Yeah, this is the Childish Gambino film where Donald Glover and Rihanna like went and made a secret movie in Cuba with Atlanta director uh, Hiro Murai. Um, it's I like this quite a bit. Uh, it's nothing like revolutionary. Full length. It's, 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 it's fifty five minutes. Okay. 
Yeah, it's so it's it's a musical essentially. It has a narrative to it, but like this, you hear this, you hear like this is America and summertime, like his songs that he released last year and a couple more, and it's just within a narrative that he's created about being this kind of local celebrity on an island who's a singer, and someone shady tries to stop him from doing something, and it kind of goes from there. Mm, it's, okay. But it's fun. It's a fun. It's like an enjoyable hour you can spend watching Donald Glover basically just do his thing with uh, his key director from Atlanta. And it looks great. Like it's a it's a well shot. I mean, if you've watched Atlanta, you know what they're capable of as far as visually. And it, it's a it's a good looking movie. Right. So, so yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's out. What's out now? Let's move on. Next week's show. Next week is the Summer Gamble. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll get whoever we get on to that episode and just go over the summer basically. It's it fun because it serves as both the start of our very intense competition where we be, all become not friends for a good couple months, but also, <laughs> a, but also a summer preview of things to come. <laughs> so there you go. Looking um, forward to it. Yeah. Last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? Mark, what should people see in theaters right now? Missing link, of course. And there you go. What should people see next? What are you seeing next? Uh, what am I seeing next? Uh, Endgame. All right. Oh, already. Okay. I mean, I mean of, we're two weeks we're, away. Yeah, press is all seeing it on the same day. <laughs> no, nobody. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> hey, about you? Uh, I definitely would recommend seeing Missing Link. Uh, and next, uh, I, I honestly, I might need to catch up on a few other things. I, you know, I still have some movies to catch up on. But uh, if somebody wants to take me to go see The Curse of La Llorona, I, I wouldn't be opposed to going and seeing how good that movie is. Yeah, I um I am seeing La Llorona next. Uh, I've not heard great things, but um, we'll see we'll oh, see what happens. No. It's it's why we're not doing an entire episode. No, next totally. Week, yeah, yeah, on no. The curse yeah. of La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would want to. I mean, if you someone wants to film Abe's reaction to watching The Curse of La Llorona, I'm all for it. Um, as far as what people go see, yeah, Missing Link is a lot of fun. Shazam is a lot of fun. And uh, if you can find High Life, I was a big fan of that one. Uh, the Robert Pattinson, Claire Denis film. I, uh, I think it's quite good. It's in limited release, but it's solid. And with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my, you can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com. All of my reviews end up over there, but I'm writing mainly at wegliveentertainment.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron'sPS4. Abe? Find me uh, on my Instagram at Abe.mua and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag, uh, we stole from them, we mugged her. And uh, that's the story of the podcast. All right. Mark Pesis, where can people find more of you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at, at PacmanNR7 and uh, Instagram at the same name. And you can find all my reviews at nerdreactor.com. Great. You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Listen to us over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on this week's episode over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and send in your summer picks as well. Yeah, definitely. And also you can send us over your summer picks over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And of course, send us plenty of scary clown gifts over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. If there's one thing that will scare a more than the curse of La Llorona, it is knowing that his Tumblr page is full of scary clown gifts. So send them there immediately, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Mark, for being on. Uh, no problem. Anytime. For sure. Fun. Glad to have you here. Glad to welcome you in. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So until our summer gamble next week, that's going to do it. So until then, so long. And goodbye. See ya. Oh, what a mystery.
mystery this crazy world can be And all the wild stuff that I've been through Searching all around for something true Went clear from here to Timbuktu Till I finally found a friend like you Searching each day till the day gets late and I wake up on the floor Buddy, I don't know just where that river flows Yeah, all I see that's guiding me is the fuzz on the end of my nose Oh, but I believe in destiny or whatever it is that brought a friend like you to me So we say superheroes to help me save the world who do i pick i mean it's got to be someone with super strength so it's got to be rogue um and then somebody who's really cool so it's got to be um morph because he's funny (laughs) 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 and then somebody who can like really lead everybody so it's got to be beast so there you go